Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Steve, so much is happening uh, this, these last uh, couple of days now into the presidential election. Uh, where do we stand right now with, uh, with the latest numbers, poll numbers, and, uh, and, and what the candidates are doing? Well, this weekend is what we call get out the vote weekend. It's when the focus of the campaign is now to put all of your resources into the key states, find those people, especially this year, who haven't voted yet and make sure they get to the polls. So the Democrats are fanning out all over the country. You had people in in 12 different states today alone, you know, ranging from you know, Joe Biden with Barack Obama in Michigan and Senator Harris in Florida, Dr. Jill Biden in North Carolina. On the Republican side, you have, you know, the president in Pennsylvania. You had Melania Trump coming out onto the campaign trail for the first time, probably since she had COVID. So this is the time. It's just get out the vote. I mean, are people still undecided or is it more a matter of just making sure people actually get out and go stand in a line somewhere and, and check the box? That it's making sure they get to the polls, um, because now with the record turnout we are going to have in the United States this year, it's finding those who are registered to vote but haven't yet voted and making sure they get to the polls. I mean, you know, back, you know, certainly when I worked on, on campaigns, this is when you're literally sending, you know, buses and vans to pick up your voters and transport them to the polls um, if they can't get there on their own. And that's going to be a lot tougher in, in the pandemic era, but the campaigns are figuring out how to do that. You know, we've, we've crossed, what, 80 million people already voting, uh, and, and it's going to, they're saying it's going to get upwards of 100 million by the time Election Day even arrives. Uh, are the polls going to be able to handle it? I know one friend in Peoria, Illinois, he already spent four hours in a queue on Friday uh, just waiting to get in and vote. Uh, and this is, you know, days before the actual election. Is the system going to be able to handle the crush of people that are going to be, you know, trying to get in to vote? Well, I mean, that's the, the question is, one, how many re- recognize that in our taking, you know, efforts to not have to wait in line? So there's a lot of early voting where people can go in person and vote or they can drop off their ballots or they can mail in their ballots. As you said, we've hit 80 million already. But, you know, the estimates are that we're going to exceed is the United States 150 million for the first time ever. And there are going to be a lot of lawsuits um, coming. You've got the Supreme Court, which has said that states can take absentee ballots so long as they're postmarked by Election Day, even if they arrive one, two, three days later. And that's going to happen in North Carolina, in Pennsylvania. Um, You've got other states like Texas, which is allowing 24 hour voting. They're opening up the polls and, you know, in the county that has Houston, Texas, to be open 24 hours to handle this crush. But it is going to be a challenge with so many people voting and the need for for social distancing. Steve, every state is allowed to run its own campaigning and its own voting, I should say. Uh, do you think that after this experience, and, and you know, we don't know what we don't know about who's going to win and what the potential legal challenges might be, but do you think that there might be a push for some sort of standardized system across the U.S., uh, even that, that would work well with our federalist system of states having a lot of autonomy? That is clearly the, the Democrats, if they were to get the House, Senate and White House, would do things to make it easier uh, to vote, to enable people to have their votes not thrown out on challenges mm. because signatures didn't match or the like. Now, 
you're right. That that will have to that will certainly be taken to the Supreme Court by by others. And what will the Supreme Court decide um, as to what's constitutional or not in terms of dictating to a state what they have to do? Um, but I think you will see states recognize that they have to reform and have more voter opening. But this is going to be a, a contentious issue after this election because this election has shown um, that voter suppression efforts are still underway in many states. Um, and that shouldn't be happening. It was interesting. I vote in the state of Illinois, and I you know, obviously vote remotely. Uh, I had my ballot had been sent by email, and then my particular state allows you to either e- email it back uh, your your ballot or send it by fax. I mean, I don't even know who has a fax machine in the year 2020, but anyway, uh, or mail it. And I was ready to email it back. And then shortly thereafter, I got an, uh, an email from a nonpartisan voting group saying, if you're, if you're allowed to vote by email, don't do it. Mail, physically mail the ballot back because they're expecting challenges to the email votes. So I think this, to me, this just really kind of sets the stage for what we're about to face post-election. There's going to be challenges on everything. And in fact, I was looking at the numbers from last year of the roughly 600,000, you know, know, overseas Americans who voted, about 100,000 of those didn't count. They threw out 100,000 out of 600,000. Wow. Some of it because it arrived late, but some of it because of challenges. Oh, well, the signature didn't match Mm. or you... You know, you didn't have a double envelope. You only had a single envelope and some states require two envelopes. So those challenges are coming regardless of it being email or otherwise. And we have to figure out as a country how we can get more people to vote. Um, you know, one possibility, another one is make Election Day a holiday. Right. right. Like in, you know, in Singapore, you have it on a weekend. Why not have it on a weekend or why not make it a national holiday so people don't have to choose between working um, in voting? A lot of companies are giving people the day off. Some colleges are giving students the day off and their workers to go vote. So you're going to see reforms beyond just, uh, you know, changing whether you can mail it in without requesting an absentee ballot or, or should there only be one drop box in an entire county. Those types of things will change, too. Yeah, I saw a statistic that we've already, even with the pre-voting, We've already seen 65% of the total vote that happened in 2016. Is that Did I read that stat the right way? You did. In some states, in, like, like Texas, has already exceeded uh, what has happened last in, in 2016. For, from an overseas voter perspective, there's a 150% increase in, in requests for ballots in 2020 over, over 2016. So the enthusiasm is off the charts. And that's where... You know, I find the the arguments that, oh, well, th- this is, you know, an, an unenthusiastic um, election. You have people who are voting not so much for Biden, but voting against Trump. I don't think that's the case. I think the numbers are indicating that there are passions on both sides of the aisle when it comes to voting in 2020. Yeah. What did it say to you? I was interested to see that Melania had been out for the first time on the campaign trail. Uh, was that uh, Melania Trump? Was that indicative of anything to you? Well, I mean, if you take her at her word, she had COVID, she had a lingering cough, she didn't want to, you know, go out and campaign. Um, But now when it is crunch time, um, these last 72 hours, you throw everything you have out into the field. If I remember, you know, we would dread that in a way because I would go out into the field. Um, I was in New Jersey and in Trenton for two weeks in 96. I was in Little Rock for two weeks in 
in 2000. In the last 72 hours, they would empty out campaign headquarters and you'd get all these people who think they're important coming into the field saying, well, here, what, you know, here's what we should do. And like, no, here's what you should do. Go knock on doors. Right? Right. Get every, this is hand-to-hand combat. You get everybody out you can. And that's what you do. And so if Melania Trump, I mean, will take her at her word that, that she had COVID, she didn't feel well. And now you're going to see her in the battleground states. You're going to see everybody in in the battleground states and watch where the candidates and the surrogates go in these last 72 hours, because that's going to be the states that count. Um, It's Pennsylvania and it's Florida and it's North Carolina. Those look like they're going to be the most three and they're going to get the most intense visits. Yeah. One interesting point I thought was Texas, which really Texas and Georgia are both very well, – I don't know if they're completely question marks, but they're certainly going to swing a lot more toward the Democrats than they have in recent years. Is that what you're still seeing? Oh, for sure. And and if you had to pick between the two, Georgia this year is more important than Texas for the Democrats because there's two toss-up Senate elections happening in Georgia right now. So if you can swing Georgia, you're not only swinging you know, the, the electoral votes, which would – put Joe Biden way over the top. If he wins Georgia, it's, it's not even going to be close. But if he takes two more Democratic senators with him, he gets a bigger majority in the Senate. That is a huge deal. So Georgia, more important for Texas because there's two toss-up Senate races um, in Georgia right now. And it's what makes it important for the Republicans, too. But they don't matter when it comes to the Electoral College because it's Pennsylvania that, that Joe Biden, it, if he wins Pennsylvania, he's probably president. For Donald Trump, he can't win without Florida and North Carolina. Mm. Those are the two most important ones for him. So that's where the, the candidates are, are going to be right now. Uh, when we look at the election, as you just mentioned, it's it's about so much more than just the presidential candidates. We've got House seats. We've got Senate seats. Uh, the Democrats are expecting to take back the Senate, which is currently in Republican hands. How do those races look from what we know right now from the polling and the early voting? Does it still look like the Democrats are going to prevail in taking back the Senate? Well, yeah, if, if Biden wins, yes. And, and the polling is going that way because there are so few people who split their ticket anymore, which mm-hmm. would mean, you know, like, you know, when I was young, you know, my, my father might vote for, you know, Jimmy Carter in Illinois, but he'd vote for Chuck Percy, a Republican senator from Illinois, because he thought he was a very good man and a good senator. Mm-hmm. You don't see that type of split tickets anymore. So it's all Democrat or it's all Republican. And if Biden wins nationally by six, seven, eight points, he is probably going to take senators. Not only he'll take Maine, he'll take Colorado, he'll take Arizona. But now you can start talking about North Carolina, Iowa, Montana, one of the two Georgia seats and maybe both. Now you're talking about an eight sweep swing, an eight seat swing. And this is what happened in 1980 when Ronald Reagan beat Jimmy Carter by nine points. He took 12 Republicans mm. Uh, he flipped 12 Republican seats, you know, 12 seats from from Democrat to Republican that it's not going to be 12, but it could be six, seven, eight um, in in a, a wave election. And so that is trending that way. And what's also important in a zero year election is that this is the year when state legislatures get redecided and then they draw the maps for who's going to be in Congress for the next decade um, based on the census. So this is a, not only if don't stop watching Senate races mm. in the White House, watch state legislatures. And if they flip, that's going to have a huge implication for the next 10 years in, in terms of the House. Yeah, the last few days, we don't 
know what we don't know, of course. And I'm not going to ask you to predict who's going to win the election, but I will ask you, when do you think we're going to actually know <laughs> who's who's won the election? Uh, do you think – yeah, what, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, it, it's, we'll know when we know the three states, which are Florida, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. And if, if Biden wins all three, it's done. If if Biden wins even, you know, if two of those three, it's it's done. If he loses all three, he can still win, but it becomes much tougher for him. So we should know Florida. Uh, we should know Florida relatively quickly because they're already counting ballots in mm. Florida. They don't wait like Pennsylvania to Election Day to count all the absentee and mail-in ballots. They're counting them now if they've received them. So Florida is a state to watch. If Florida is a nail biter, which it usually is, yeah. it, it's going to be a, a longer night. All right. Well, I think it's going to be a long. It's going to be a long week. <laughs> I think pretty yeah. much for all of us, everyone's just on edge. I just can't wait to see so what long, happens. So long as it's not a long month, indeed, the real problem. Steve Ogan, thanks so much for joining us. As always, I'm looking forward to having you on. The next time I'll have you on is next weekend, and by then it will be a very, uh, a very different story that we're talking about. And who knows which story that's going to be? There's any number of them that could come out between now and then. Wait. We could be talking transition. We could be talking contest. We could be talking Supreme Court. Who knows what we'll be talking about next? Who knows? All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, GVZ. International News Review. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.